Do you really hate to go, Lauren, because you've been jet planning it all across the country for months now? That song has been like my life motto this summer. <laughs> uh, how are you? Lauren Majera, everybody. So good. Hello. Hi. How are you? And I'm in my favorite city in the entire world right now. Uh, wait. Hold on. Let me think. Gary, Indiana. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm wrong. Chicago! <laughs> Chicago. Oh, man, it feels so good to be home. <laughs> yeah. Why the hell aren't you in studio then? <laughs> I was supposed to be out in Barrington to see my parents, but they canceled on me last minute. Wow. I know. What kind of message is that send when your parents say, yeah, we're okay. <laughs> we haven't seen you since June, but yeah, you, you, you do your thing. They went to go help a friend out, and they were like, you know, that's not going to be fun if we drag you along with us, so we rescheduled. Yeah, they went drinking. <laughs> they went drinking. I'm going to help a friend out with a bottle of vodka. <laughs> you know, when your parents bail on you, it really isn't good for the old self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. All right, but you're just back from, I think, Alaska now, so you've got actually some days on the ground at home. Does this does it look familiar to you? Does it feel good to be back here for a few minutes? I, I can't even begin to tell you how happy I am to be home. I mean, like, everyone knows how much I love traveling and adventuring, but I started to get really homesick, especially, you know, I was in Alaska for the last three weeks, and I forget that the weather starts to turn at the end of July. So it's like really? 45 degrees, it's oh. howling rain, there's termination dust on the mountains. I still got to do some fun adventures. I went whitewater rafting at Denali National Park, and I got to go hiking around, and I saw a bunch of grizzly bears and moose, bald eagles. I saw some otters when I went down to Sitka, Alaska, and humpback whales. We saw thousands of salmon coming in. Um, So I did get to go on some really nice, fun adventures, but it was just getting so cold there. I'm like, it's August. Yeah. This is still summer. Like, I got to go home. <laughs> you know what? I spent uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe six days, um, not in my bed, you know, on, on a little vacation here and there. I went to a couple different places, and six days was a lot for me. It's been almost 60 days, I think, maybe for you or, or more. Yeah, I mean, my bed has been in storage since April. <laughs> okay, yeah, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. But now back in Chicago, you know what would bum me out the other day? I was looking outside with my younger son, and um, at like 7.45, the sun's going away. That yeah. kills me. Yeah, I know. Well, in Alaska, the sun was staying up a lot later. It wasn't going down until about 10.30 at night. That's crazy. Um, but still, I mean, that's a world of difference from when I was there in June, and it was 24-hour daylight. But you know, I've talked about this before. Yeah, we get, we're going to hang on to summer as long as we can. Like, uh, you know, course. October, whatever. I mean, I want to be eating outside. Yeah, absolutely. Summer's been lasting that long the last few years. And I mean, I was out um, at Lux Bar last night for a happy hour with a couple of my girlfriends just catching up. Mm-hmm. And when the sun went down, I haven't seen the sun go down at a decent time in months and months. I started yawning. I was like, it's oh, bedtime. No. It must be around midnight. <laughs> oh, and no. they're like, it's like seven o'clock. <laughs> but but you also know that when the sun goes down early, you know you're getting close to uh, Bears football uh, and and right. post preseason. And you know, I was talking to a couple folks about this. Um, you know, we we won the last two preseason games. It, you know, people are like, well, you didn't play really great teams. You know, making the excuses because we haven't seen even a preseason, a winning preseason in a while. We get another game tomorrow. Do you think that means anything? Is it a sign? I mean, you've been covering the Bears a long time. I always think it's silly when anyone puts any stock into a preseason game because it doesn't matter if you win, but then again, it also kind of doesn't matter what you lose. You're not playing a game that's going to count towards your season. What you're doing is you're going through, it's basically 
practice. So you're seeing how your quarterback is doing with, you know, his counts. Um, you're seeing how he's directing this offense. What kind of holes is in your offensive line? But the main thing about preseason that's important to pay attention to is the guys who are in the bubble because, mm-hmm. you know, head coach Matt Eberflus and general manager Ryan Poles, they have some really tough decisions based on the surplus of injuries that certain position groups have. I mean, they really have their work cut out for them. You know, they're entering their final preseason game on uh, Saturday in Cleveland. Um, with the roster picture kind of clear for the most part, but this game is going to be a clear indicator of jobs being won and lost for guys in the bubble. This is the game where they can win and or lose their jobs. Well, yeah, and it's the chemistry. It's the bonding. It's it's this time of, of year that everyone's getting used to everybody working together and so forth. And, you know, I know Justin Fields is playing the first half of, of tomorrow night's game. Uh, but again, it's a it's a preseason game, but an opportunity to develop you know uh, some you know coordination and some chemistry with his offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, with the thing with the offensive line, we've known that it's been shifty. There's been so many moving parts with a lot of question marks. But at this point, it seems fairly buttoned up because I've always said your quarterback is only as good as your offensive line. And you look up north at the Green Bay Packers when I covered them for years and years. Aaron Rodgers always credit his offensive line because if he didn't have all Mm -hmm. the time in the world in the pocket to be able to look at his wide receivers, figure out what he's going to do, if he's going to flush, if he's going to throw, it's all a credit to the offensive line. Um, You know, the major thing with the Bears O-line is Tevin Jenkins. He really needs to prove that he's the solid starting right guard uh, tomorrow. You know, if so, injuries pending with the offensive line, Justin Fields, should have some pretty good protection heading into week one. And and he's been so phenomenal. Even with Apache offensive line last year, you know, he was able to be one of the most athletic, elusive quarterbacks in the league because I don't think he had a choice. Thank goodness he's so athletic and shifty. But, you know, like I said, there's still plenty of guys in the bubble that have to prove themselves as they head toward the final 53-man roster announced. And it's always probably the most difficult time of year for me because I get attached to players yeah. when I'm watching them. I feel like when I'm watching Hard Knocks, that's always the most difficult episode, you know, when guys in the bubble <laughs> yeah. don't make the 53-man roster. And, you know, I have not been watching Hard Knocks this season. I'm saving it for a very long plane ride I have next week. Yeah. But um, I, I'm always – that's always the most difficult episode for me to watch because you hate to see guys cut who are on the bubble. You know, you just see that you just see so much heart in them and how much they want it. You get to know their families and their storylines. Yeah. Oh. yeah, no question. No question. Roquan Smith also reappeared this week. Is that going to help energize the team at all, do you think? Does it make Absolutely. a difference? Absolutely. Yeah. But you have yeah. to wonder how much of a shift his leadership has made in the locker room with the way that everything has gone down. Um, I know a lot of people have been supportive, but also critical of the way that he's handled the situation. And that's why agents are, are so important. And I know that, you know, he really feels like he can do a lot of it himself. But he's only, you know, a player can only do so much on the field. It's the way that they carry themselves in the locker room and mm-hmm. the chemistry they have with their teammates and his leadership on the defense that makes them truly effective. I think that he definitely provides a boost. I think that everyone else feels better when he's on the field. Um, I just hope that some of the damage that's been done um, can either be corrected or everybody can move on from it. Yep, we'll find out tomorrow night. And you're going to the uh, Sox game tomorrow and 77 degrees outside. That's going to be a beautiful day for a ball game. I know. I'm, right? I guess I'm coming off like 45 degree weather. 
bright water rafting and glacial fed rivers. I'm like, this is going to be so glorious. It's going to be a perfect day tomorrow. I was kind of on the fence of, do I want to go on my friend's boat and do a river cruise? Because that's always one of my favorite things to do. But I'm like, absolutely not. I got to go catch a baseball game. I have not seen nearly enough baseball. cruise before it's too late. Exactly. And I went to a White Sox Rockies game when I was in Colorado. She didn't even Um, hear me. She heard you. Oh, yo, I heard you. <laughs> oh, she's just ignoring it. Okay, fine. Completely. Stay away from the play. Just stay away from the playpen. Okay, I'm just saying. A little trouble uh, over you there. Know, the White Sox, they kind of had, I don't know, an underestimating season, an underwhelming season, because mm-hmm. there was so much hope. There was so much promise. But, you know, Thursday night was maybe one of the most painful losses of the season at Camden Yards. It was ugly. It was disappointing but you know now they're just like an inch over 500 at 63 and 62 and they remain four games behind cleveland or first in the american league central division they still have 37 games to go but here's where they have an opportunity to really turn things around because they've got a nine game homestand on friday or excuse me starting tonight yeah, on yeah. friday starting with the Diamondbacks for three before the Royals and the Twins roll into guaranteed break field. So this is a perfect opportunity for them to shift momentum and really gain some measure in the division. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens tomorrow. All right, I you know, I always lose track time of time with you and Ben's yelling through the glass over there. So we're going to break. <laughs> we're talking to Lauren Majera, and there's more with her next on 720 WGN. All right, Dave Plyer, Lauren Majera, 720 WGN. So little story for you, Lauren. So my uh, my 10-year-old was downloading a game on his phone and uh, got into a discussion of what uh, we had to do to play music. He was downloading some music, too. And, you know, we have a jukebox. My daughter has a record player. So they kind of get the needle and the vinyl thing, you know. But, you know, growing up, games were on boards, not on a phone. And I told him that. And, I, and you know, I said, and, it was, and before cell phones, if you needed to call someone, you'd have to call the landline or later you'd page them to go to a phone or a pay phone to have him call you back. And he goes, well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I thought to myself, yeah. Kid, you have no idea the legs that we had to go to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like my grandfather talking about, uh, you know, we didn't even have a bathroom in the house. We had an outhouse in the back. In the winter, you'd go to the bathroom, and then you'd walk five miles to school. And I'm thinking, kind of my complaining about a pager. I have a, I I have a question for both of you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How many of your friends, if you told them to find a plumber would be able to grab a Yellow Pages, <laughs> then yeah. dial the number on a rotary phone. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. That's actually one of my points. Those are, those are. T- do you ever get a, a, a phone book? Like, Lauren, you, you, you said you backed up your condo, your apartment. Do you ever see the phone book sitting in the lobby? Like, still? I haven't noticed. Yeah, they still come around. Have you seen every, that, Dave? Every now and then. Yeah. Every now and then. It doesn't happen often anymore. Like, who's paying for that? Who's looking? Who oh, is looking? Who wants to be in it? <laughs> I know, right? I know. It's, it's, it's so bizarre to me, like, when I see, like, a pile of them, like, brand new, just arrived in the neighborhood. Like, I am never looking in that thing. I don't know who's paying for that or what scam that is now. I don't understand. It's so funny, you know, t- teaching your kids about how difficult it used to be. And we didn't realize how difficult it was either because we hadn't understood what the future was going to become. But I remember when I was talking with my friend. She was caught her daughter sneaking out of the house the other night. And she's like, it's so easy. They have their cell phones. They get to text each other. And I was like, I remember when I was in high school, if I wanted to sneak out of the house and my friend would, I, you know, they'd, they'd call the house or call me when you're here and I'll sneak out the window. 
but you don't want the whole house phone to ring. No. So what I would do is, do you remember in order to get movie theater, movie times, you had to call the theater <laughs> and listen to the recording? Yep, yep. Or, oh, yeah. Or look it up in the newspaper. Oh, the newspaper. Well, I would yeah, call true. the movie theater and just let the recording roll and roll and roll until I got call waiting. That way, the entire house phone wouldn't ring. Oh. And I'd, I'd pop over, and my friend would say, okay, I'm here. And I'd say, okay, and I'd hang up and sneak out the window and go. That you way, are, I would know when she was there to pick me quite, up without calling the house and waking everyone up. You're quite the character, Majera. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very yeah, creative. look at that. I think you know when I when a friend would come over and say, "Hey, let's go outside. Let's go outside have a beer." And I was like maybe 16, 17 years old, whatever it was. Like I would have my shade half up in my window, and they know I'd be home, and they can come out around to the backyard. Like there's there was always cues like that. But man, there was no privacy. You'd be you'd be corded to the phone. See, you probably had wireless uh, phones in the house. You had, right. you had you had about two feet. And you couldn't go anywhere, you know, from that cord in the house. But my son and I were, were driving around, and we found a a public telephone, which he was like, why do people What's have that? to do that? I know. I have not seen a payphone in years. There's a website out there that actually tells you where they all are. I mean, there are a lot of them by CTA stations, I guess. Um, I just found the website. It's iPhone, de- or what is it, payphoneproject.com or something like that. I wonder how many of them are still actually functional. Well, they just removed the last actual... In telephone booth, yes. I, remember, I saw that in, in one of the newspapers, but online, now, of course. But now, okay, I don't, I don't know if there's any telephone booths left left in Chicago, but now they're like offering, you know, because of COVID and people in the office and wanting privacy because they're in cubicles now, is they're actually creating a phone booth to take your cell phone into so you have some privacy on the phone because otherwise you're talking in front of everybody. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Get a voiceover. Buy a bunch of voiceover booths and put them in your office. <laughs> you could. They're soundproof. Somebody asked me a few months ago, um, uh, I need to get that document. Uh, do you have a fax number? Yes. Uh, let me see, let me dig back to my phone book from 1986 a and see if fax. I have a number for yeah. you. No fax number. There are people who still do use fax Email machines. It. Yeah, I know. And I know there's certain things that are you know security issues and you, know, you get your social on there or whatever. But then there's secure things you can do via email as well but when i and i'm not kidding you i it was a few months ago like uh, do you have a fax number i'm like no no, <laughs> no. wow yeah i don't even have a fax machine no. what are you asking no you know what year it is yeah let me yeah. ask i remember when i was in college i asked my grandmother for uh, her banana bread recipe and she asked me for my address and um she was gonna mail it to you address <laughs> And she said, no, your physical address. She wanted to mail me Aww. a copy of the banana bread recipe instead of emailing you. That is so, that's so sweet. You know what? That would be awesome. I love getting that. You know, I'm so rare getting a thank you letter from somebody. Let me ask you this. You know what I've been doing is yeah. I've been sending postcards. Mm. It's oh, that's like cool. such a throwback. But instead of getting my friends little trinkets from like my travels, I've just been sending postcards saying, you know, when I'm sitting at lunch or whatever, I'll say, Hi, from Lisbon, Portugal. It's been beautiful. Tried this most gorgeous wine the other night. Met a cute boy. Eating delicious food. Yeah, having fun. You know. Cool. And then I'm sending postcards to my friend's kids or just to my oh. friends or my parents. And I'm telling you, every time one of my friends or my family member gets a postcard, they're like so ecstatic. They're like, this totally made my day. It's probably still getting there. It takes about a month and a half to get a postcard sent, even from Chicago to Chicago, though, now. 
No, that is actually true because I never ended up sending any of my Europe postcards from Europe. I mean, and I got postcards in every single city. I had like a stack of postcards by the time I got back to Chicago. And I just sent them in the mail when I got to Chicago. And some of them literally took a month. I'm like, (laughs) not unusual. (laughs) A mile away from where I sent it. One last story here. Um, you know the Polaroid instant cameras uh, that were out there that came Those out? Those are back. Those are back. So, you know, I still have one of the original ones, but I bought a couple of those. And we, I don't know, we pulled it out for a party or whatever. And my kids were so fascinated by the fact that there was an instant picture that someone could take with them. And I know the cell phones, you can text somebody that, put it on Instagrams, that download all that other stuff. But to have an instant picture, it's just such a throwback, cool party thing to do. Is But they are back, and you can buy film, color film, black and white film. I think that's very cool that they brought that back. The land camera. Yeah, um, a lot of my friends have them. It's such a fun gift to give now. And I remember my friend's daughter saw one for the first time, and she goes, I don't understand how that phone can't make phone calls and it has a printer built into it because <laughs> she's never seen a camera that wasn't on a phone <laughs> yeah that's very cool that's very very cool there's a printer built into that phone that doesn't make phone calls <laughs> no you know someone just texted 815 okay their doctor's offices that still have uh, fax machines at 630815 faxing is still used a lot our fax machine at work is still busy all day long so there you have it um lauren you're gonna be traveling please be safe you got some long trips ahead and uh we'll talk soon All right. Thank you so much. It's always good to talk to you guys. See you, Lauren.